Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Something to Talk About. I'm your host, Randy Wartelski, and I thank you so much for joining us right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. 2013, the start of a new calendar year. What does that mean for us as Jews? Well, for some of us, it meant a day off of work this week while our kids were in school. Can't complain about that one. For others of us, it meant getting to work without a single traffic jam, something those of us who live on the other side of the GWB certainly weren't complaining about. And yet for others, it was a day not unlike any other. So why the big hoopla about New Year's? I sat in this chair no less than three and a half months ago talking about Rosh Hashanah at the start of a new year, something most of you can relate to, the awe and trepidation of being inscribed in the Book of Life, so-called New Year's resolutions at the start of a new Jewish year, resolutions that would help us get through the big holiday and face the days that would follow. And we're still some three weeks away from the next new year will mark that of the new year for the trees, to Bishvat. So I ask, what can we make of being brought into this hullabaloo of the new calendar year 2013? I take pause. The new calendar year gives us a chance to look forward, look ahead, and also to look back at the calendar year that was. So first I start with looking ahead. I humbly suggest the following. In this new calendar year, take a moment to talk to your financial advisor. Find out if you should make changes this month to your 401k, 403b, and any other number letter combination of plans you might have. And talk to your HR department about your health plan. Many companies have open enrollment during this period, and it is a good opportunity to make changes to your health plan. And don't forget, for many, the New Year signals the start of new deductibles. So plan accordingly. And now let's look back. What about 2012? Well, many Jewish writers had a unique perspective on the year. And with me now to share some of the things he found is the inimitable Ari Wartelski. Ari, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Pleasure. So I want to start out just with a, a new story that I just found where this is actually not a looking back story, but a looking back slash looking ahead story. Apple says New Year's do not disturb bug will fix itself, but not until January 7th. So you don't have any Apple products, do you? Not a big Apple guy, no. But apparently, I haven't experienced this myself, but apparently there is a do not disturb feature that has a bug. And the uh, and Apple says it's not going to be resolved until after January 7th. Not a great way to start the new year if you have an Apple product. What is the bug? How does it affect the product? It doesn't have normal functionality. It's... Um, The problem is that the do not disturb mode stays on past its scheduled end time, I suppose, in your calendar. So if you don't want to be disturbed while you're recording the show, it continues to not disturb you for the rest of the day. Correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, so so you're saying maybe that's not a bad thing. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's better than the other way around where you tell it to not disturb you during your show and your phone starts buzzing and going crazy or it says... Or during an important meeting. So I that's why I imagine you haven't heard so much about it. It's not the biggest biggest deal. But, you know, listen, technology. What can you do? That's part of the life we live, world we live in. Right. So the reason why it's, it's actually interesting is because apparently the iPhone has a history of New Year's bugs. Hmm. With another issue arising at the start of 2011 that prevented non-repeating alarms from ringing. Didn't wake me up. I guess it didn't. So, reminds me, reminds me of Y two K, right? 
Yes. The world was going to end or part of it was going to end or our computers were going to be obsolete. Right. That, that was a big story mm-hmm. at, at Y2K. The, the computers with the numbers, the zeros and the ones, mm-hmm. would they reset? Mm-hmm. Guess what? Thank God we're still here. They reset. There you go. They reset. The Jewish Daily Forward uh, earlier this week published some of its most uh, important images of 2012. Now, because this is radio, we can't, uh, we can't show our listeners the images, but we can direct the images to the Jewish Daily Forward website, Best Jewish Images from 2012, and they're calling these images the visual story of the year. What's a Jewish image? Well, I'm going to image of a Jewish event. Uh, image of a Jewish, an event that some ha- that has some Jewish related topic or person. All right, let's let's paint a picture. Okay, so for example, gold medalist Ali Raisman, am I pronouncing her name correctly? Completed a backflip during the 2012 London Olympics, where she won two gold medals and a bronze, and apparently she did so to Havanagila. Yeah, that was so, her. Yeah, that was her music. So that was a pretty big. Pretty big Jewish story. Uh, all right. Sorry. She won the gold. That was very nice. She's Jewish. That was very nice. Um, for our listening audience, I wouldn't put it in the top 10 or 50. It is a very compelling photo, though. Yes, nice photo. I'm sure, it was, I'm sure it's a beautiful photo. The next photo they have is actually a black and white photo of uh, two Hasidic men surveying the damage at Seagate. Mm-hmm. One day after Hurricane Sandy hit the East Coast, it is um, a very poignant image seeing these two men staring at the open ocean, so to speak, just standing amongst amongst the damage. Yeah, that certainly was a more of a Jewish story, if you want to say, for the year. Uh, the the effect of Sandy hit a lot of the Jewish community. You know, when you think about other natural disasters in the past. Yeah, that was a big story. That was a big story. I don't know about the image, but it was a big story. Yeah, the Jewish response to Hurricane Sandy is, was a pretty big story of 2012 and continues to be and going into 2013, of course. We shouldn't forget that there are still people in need and still people who are suffering from damage that that occurred yep. during the hurricane. Um, there's a very cool image here of um, Jewish men waiting online to go into City Field for an anti-internet rally on May 20th. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just an interesting image of seeing lots of, of Jewish men just standing, waiting online. And uh, I imagine that it was probably like that at the CM Hashas this year as well. Uh, yeah, CM Hashas was much more uh, diverse. Um, I'm familiar with both of those gatherings. I wasn't at both of them. I was only at CM Hashas. But the one in City Field was coordinated... Very quickly and uh, essentially exclusively by the black um, hat Hasidic communities. And um, it was uh, very single focused and single minded in that its goal was to discuss the dangers of the Internet. Whereas the CMA Shas, that, that probably was the event of the year. If you were looking for like a, a, an event of the year for the Jewish community it really, it really uh, was a, a big event, worldwide event, the CM Hashas, not just in MetLife Stadium. It was throughout the world. The biggest one was MetLife Stadium here, but it was, uh, it was a big international event. There's another very interesting photo here. Ari, did you know that there was a Holocaust survivor's beauty pageant held in Haifa this year? Yeah, I heard about it. And, delicious, um, very delicious. There is a photo here of 78-year-old Chava Hershkovitz um, in Haifa, 
And uh, the, the 20 women who competed in this Holocaust Survivors beauty pageant were between the ages of, ages of 74 and 90. And they apparently shared Holocaust stories with the audience. They're lucky my bubby wasn't there because she would have won. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And she's got some, some pretty uh, impassioned stories. Yeah, I think the point of the pageant was not the beauty part. It was the we're here. We're alive. Well, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Our families are here. We're living in Israel, for goodness sake. Yeah, it was beautiful. And of course, who could forget the image of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gesturing at a cartoon bomb showing a red line for Iran's nuclear program? Right right up there at 90%. Yeah, that was a... You know, he did that for exactly the reason, to make an image. He was trying to... Uh, get headlines. He got headlines. He made his point. And um, still very little has happened to stop Iran. But uh, that was a good, that was an image. That was an image that made to the front page of lots of papers. Yes. And um, part of what makes these images so important is the fact that, that they are so moving. And even an image just like this just brings up so many emotions, you know, just seeing an image like this. Um, The next one is also obviously a very, very emotional image of a man comforting a young boy after the shooting at the Otsar Hatora Jewish School back in March in southwestern France. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just a very sad picture of of a gentleman covering the eyes of the young boy that he's comforting. Yeah, we, you know, don't need any reminders of uh, the hatred that is everywhere, France, Israel, America. Yes, you know, and uh, unfortunately, those were part of the stories, you know, that happened in 2012, mm-hmm. the, the, the difficult moments for the Jewish community. And uh, moving ahead to 2013, we're praying for no more repeats of moments like that. How about the positive moments of 2012? Uh, I do have some, uh, the top Jewish stories of the year 2012 was published by com. All right, let's see. The top eight Jewish news stories in 2012. Not all positive stories per se. All right, top eight. But all right. Jewish news stories. So um, we should start with number eight, even mm-hmm. though the story here starts with number one. So Drum roll, please. Uh, number eight. Oh. <laughs> Elected officials join New York City's Israel Day Parade. Ah, next. Attended notables included New York Next. City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, Next. Governor Andrew Cuomo, Senator Charles Schumer, and comedian Gilbert it can't Godfrey. Be a top story of the year when it happens every year. Next. Well, it was impactful. Uh, it, was, it was an impactful Jewish news story. Number seven. Uh, a top U.S. senator says an attack on Israel is an attack on the United States. I think that is a you know funny because in the debate, the I think the second debate between Obama and Romney. The moderator threw that question out there, and uh, it first went to Obama, and I was sitting there saying, "This is this is Romney's chance to really separate himself," and Obama goes and he does not answer the question the way I guess you and I was hope were hoping he would. Instead of saying that an attack on Israel is an attack on America, he said that we have Israel's back and Israel's our ally and yada bada bada bada, and Romney said the same thing. And it was really amazing to me that they could be given to it on a silver platter and them not say that. Now, we remember that in 1991, an attack on Kuwait, not exactly an ally of America, 
was considered by George Bush Sr. an attack on the United States. And they went, and we know about Gulf War and what happened. So for them to not be able to say that outright, and for both of them to kind of, you know, what's it called? Uh, punt, punt the ball down the road and then kind of de- deflect the question? I wasn't impressed. So for a senator to come out and say that, I give him lots of props. I unfortunately am skeptical, and I think he probably was running for an election and was trying to get Jewish votes. Wait, 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 wait. You, I'm going to stop you right there. Stop me. Because I'm sorry. That was something that you maybe will regret regret in a moment that you said. Go right ahead. Because the uh, U.S. senator who said that. Eric Cantor. Who? Was the senator from Hawaii, Senator Daniel Enouye. Olivashal? Yeah. He died? Uh, He's the one that just died, right? Yes. Okay. And he, said, and he said, if you attack Israel, you are attacking the United States. And he said that on a visit to Jerusalem. Uh, okay. Go on. I still, I'm happy he said it. And I and I think it's very important. Um, so that was uh, number seven of the top eight Jewish news stories on H.com. Um, number six, a poll that said that most Egyptians hate Israel, but don't want war with it. The Menachem Begin Heritage Center published a poll showing that more than 85% of Egyptians oppose any type of normalization with Israel and want to see a worsening of relations, even to levels of hatred. But they don't want a war. Right. Number, because... Number six, news story. Because that's, that's funny because they know that if there was a war, they'd get very badly beaten, well, but they uh, hate well, us. Apparently, so that's very comforting. of Egyptians believe that peace is preferable to war and that the peace treaty with Israel was, quote, the right choice. Good. And that is still standing and hopefully will continue to stand. And it's not exactly a warm peace, but it's a peace. And for the last 30 some odd years, there have been no attacks from Egypt. And we'll see uh, what 2013 brings with their even less stable government by the day. News story, top news story of... Top Jewish news story of 2012, number, number coming in at number five. U.S. offers $12 million for Iran-based al-Qaeda operatives. The U.S. State Department authorized a reward of up to $7 million for information leading to the location of Muzin al-Fadi, the leader of al-Qaeda's network in Iran. $5 million was offered for Adel Radi Sakar al-Walhabi al-Harbi. Watch your mouth. I hope I said that correctly, who serves as al-Fadi's deputy in Iran. The, the Israeli government chipped in an additional $3 million, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to get an email that we pronounce that name wrong from his son. It could be. And then track it back. It could be. And then get $7 million. Could be. Okay, news story number four. Top of the top eight Jewish news stories of 2012 is published by H.com. The IDF launches Operation Pillar of Defense in Gaza. Mm-hmm. After continued rocket fire into Israel, the Israeli Air Force struck over 100 targets in Gaza using precise intelligence information. Can I add a story at the end? Sure. Okay. The operation immediately became successful after changing its name from Operation Pillar of Hamantashen. Is that true? <laughs> I didn't know that. That's kind of funny. Is that true? I don't know. It was going to be called Operation Hamantashen? Uh, that might be a joke. But that's funny. I mean, even if it's not a joke, it's funny. But okay, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I think that's a huge story. The operation was a huge story, and it was a huge success. And right. uh, I think the success of Iron Dome was really basically the biggest story of the whole operation. Is that right. in there? Um, not yet. Okay, three. 
Um, the third news story. Abbas rejects Netanyahu's proposal to renew peace talks. Is that... How many times did that story happen? Right. That's like a... Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, number two. UN upgrades Palestine status to non-member observer state. The United Nations General Assembly endorsed an upgraded UN status for the Palestinian Authority. That's a big Jew story? Big Israeli story? Despite intense opposition from the United States and Israel, both of okay. which included frown face emoticons in its official tweets. <laughs> One more time. Say that again. What did they include? Frowned faced emoticons? Yeah. Okay. I guess they were sad. Um, I think it's a, it's a sign of the world that they don't you know, really think about what the Palestinian entity stands There's a little for. bit of satire here in some of these I see. Stories. That's good. Good. Satire is good. But, you know, I, 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 my opinion was, and this is a very uh, unprofessional opinion, was that I thought Israel should have supported the the proposal as well. And uh, it would have just really put the pressure on the Palestinians because if you want to be recognized as a state, you have to act as a state or as a whatever they are considered now a nation, a non-vote. What is it? What is it called? Non-member non-member observer, member state. observer state. So whatever that definition is, you have to kind of act like one. And to act like one, you kind of have to stop teaching your kids to hate their neighbors. The number one Jewish news Drum story roll. of 2012, as presented by H.com. Is and debated by us. Netanyahu, Iran could have bomb unless it faces a red line. The picture. The picture which, that we just talked about. So now the photo has made it to number one. Two of our top 2012 discussions. So do you want to hear my submission? It wouldn't have made any of the list because it literally broke on December 30th. Okay. So there was an interview done with Shuafat. Is that her name? Arafat. Okay. Yasser Arafat's wife, okay. widow, what's she called? Widower. Okay. That um, basically she explains how um, Yasser Arafat planned and launched the Second Intifada, which was at the time, this is going back a few years, blamed on, or the international world, the committee, news media, everyone blamed it on Ariel Sharon visiting the Temple Mount. Remember? Mm -hmm. That was an act of incitement. That was their line. And basically, once that line got out, that's just stuck with it. And therefore, no matter what happened after that, it was Israel's fault because Israel started it because their prime minister went to the Temple Mount. Mm -hmm. It's basically saying, like, you know, you know, you know, President Obama can't go to uh, Utah because there's a lot of Mormons there. That's that's it's a little ridiculous. But that was the story and everyone stuck with it. And it was hard to, you know, change the rhetoric. But just last week, there was this interview, it was actually two weeks ago, but it was just translated into English, and uh, I watched it, and I don't speak Arabic, but I assume the translation is correct, and she basically says that her husband told her to please stay in Paris. Why? And he said, because I'm launching another intifada. Wow. And that really changes, it changes history. It really changes. If you, and that, who did this interview? An Arab TV station. Uh, an Arab TV station. Memory, a, Memory, is that how you pronounce it? Is the is the uh, Israeli sort of organization that watches the media and and you know brings out these stories, these sort of stories, and it's a big story. I think it will get some traction. I think it will catch on. More looking back at 2012 when we return right after these messages. You are listening to something to talk about on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs>
numbers will increase Hopefully we'll open our eyes and think more consciously Cause hopefully we'll go from where we are to where we want to be Welcome back to Something to Talk About. I'm Randy Wartelsky, and you are listening to Something to Talk About here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am sitting here with Ari Wartelsky because he's got lots to say. Ari, did you know that uh, the National Jewish Outreach Program has a social media platform called Jewish Treats? I did not. And I guess this is a Twitter account, at Jewish Tweets. Okay. Anyhow. What do they tweetle? So uh, they tweet Jewish-related stories. Mm -hmm. So NJOP, as they're colloquially called, recalls the social media moments that had us in shock, tears, stitches, and pride throughout the year. And I'm about to recall 10 Jewish social media moments of 2012, according to NJOP. Are you ready? I'm ready. And we'll get some perspective from you. Um, In no particular order, by the way. Not ranked. Just in them. no particular order. I'll okay. Them good or bad. What does the name Idan Pinchot mean to you? He was cute. Very cute. Very cute. Very cute. I love cute. the yarmulke. They're calling him the Jewish Justin Bieber. Um, whatever, but I think he was a big Kiddush Hashem. I'm very hard on my Kiddush Hashems, and I think that he was a real nice, very nice representation of our community, and it was very cute. Good for him. You think he should have sang like a Hebrew song mm, in his competition? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. No, I'm not. No, I'm not judging that. I just think he. I used was to doing wonder when doing. I was a little girl if there would ever be a contestant at the Miss America pageant who would sing like a Hebrew song. Um. Yeah, that was way back when. Yeah, when I was a little girl. That's a different. Anyway, kind so they're of, calling him the different Jewish... kind of competition <laughs> that probably does not espouse our values. This was more of a talent. That he had that. And what a talented kid, mm-hmm. right? Great. So an Orthodox 14-year-old young man from Chicago, nicknamed the Jewish Justin Bieber, while appearing on the NBC reality show America's Got Talent, he proudly wore a kippah during each of his performances and was recognized for it. And um, yes, it actually... Howie Mandel was very funny. Yeah, I don't it watch became the sort show. of a focal point. I didn't watch the show, but I saw it on YouTube, and he was quite funny. I don't know. He had some funny Jewish lines, because obviously he's Jewish, and... Uh, the other judges are who? Oh, Howard Stern is also Jewish. And who's the girl? There's a girl judge. I don't know. Not Jewish. But they were very funny. And they really, uh, you know, they didn't make it uncomfortable. They made it very comfortable and very natural. And he was just treated like another contestant. And it was that's a good thing for us. In but the Jewish part was very prominent yeah. in his performance. Yes. 
Uh, second story, second Jewish social media moment of 2012. The JCC of Rockland County penned a petition asking for a minute of silence at the 2012 London Olympics opening mm. ceremonies in memory of the Munich 11. Now, the petition had more than 100,000 signatures. And uh, viewers worldwide took note as at Jewish tweets orchestrated a social media minute of silence on July 27th across Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it was a very sad story that the International Olympic Committee would not recognize. It's really amazing. It's like it's almost dumbfounding. You have to like scratch your head like is it that obvious or are we seeing it the wrong way these were jewish israeli athletes therefore they're not having a moment right you'd have to assume that if and it, it was not something that wasn't a car accident that happened near the olympic village it was an attack in the olympic village on israeli athletes during the olympics i mean it, a deliberate attack a deliberate exactly it was intentional it was a targeted attack and they refuse to acknowledge it i i have a feeling in the future that, that will change maybe at a more um, what was it? Was it was it the thirtieth or four? It was nineteen seventy two, I believe. So it was the fortieth year. So maybe that was maybe the fifth. I don't know. You know, you kind of hope that they'll come around. But the fact that it was social media that got the attention, and it did get a lot of attention. The fact that they refused to acknowledge it also got attention. CNN covered it, and a lot of the, and and um um Tom, um the guy Bob Costas who did the report for uh, NBC acknowledged the lack of acknowledgement. So it, that in itself became the story. So I agree that was a big uh, social media victory. America's Jewish sweetheart, which we spoke about earlier in the show. You got me. Jewish Olympian oh. Ali Reisman, an okay. 18-year-old from Needham, Massachusetts, used the popular Jewish tune Havana Gila for her gold medal winning floor exercise routine, instantly becoming America's Jewish sweetheart. And of course, she left London with three Olympic medals, two gold and one bronze. Um, just because it was a, a, a recognizable Jewish yeah, song, I feel like if she would have used another song, no one ever would have realized it. And to me, right, that but that song has become bit. such a such a statement. You know, a Jew, it's such a recognizable Jewish tune. True, true, and um, it's nice to see that she's not hiding from her Jewishness and she's proud of it. That's true. Right. Um, did you see this video of an Israeli baby quote driving into his own? No, I did not. In a remote-controlled car? <laughs> no, I did not. Is it true, a real video? Which apparently ignited great debate about circumcision celebrations. No, I did not. It sounds funny. Well, according to Enjup, this was a top Jewish social media moment of 2012. Okay. Um, Twitter warfare. In November, during Operation Pillar of Defense, mm-hmm. Israel and Hamas waged a Twitter war. Mm-hmm. The IDF used social media to announce and comment on military operations. That was a pretty big moment for social media. It was a bigger moment for the Israeli army and the Israeli army's public relations. And they uh, really did their best. It's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing with the Israeli army. They can't, they can't seem to do any PR that's right, no matter how good they try and how much they try. But they did. They were creative and they were different. And I think that the... Uh, international, you know, secular media really ate it up. The fact that, oh my goodness, the Israeli army, which has this image of being, you know, all powerful and somewhat secretive, is tweeting of what exactly what they're doing. And right. the whole, the whole, basically, operation started 
as far as the world was concerned, was this attack on on the Hamas leader, and that was tweeted out. A video of it was tweeted out. It was just phenomenal, and uh, you know, it was yeah, it was. A, you're right. If, if you're looking for big social media stories like that, that was a very interesting angle they took. And of course, we remember Hurricane Sandy. It wasn't too long ago. Uh, Jewish humanitarian groups use social media to reach volunteers in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. Powerful prick pictures. Um, were circulated on Facebook and Twitter, including one of a shul in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, that unraveled a Torah to air dry. That was a picture that apparently went around on Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. The online community rallied in support with donations of funds, supplies, and even a Torah for one Long Island congregation. Pretty big social media moment. Yeah, the ability to share images instantly to so many people has really changed lots of things. And uh, I think the impact of Sandy was one of those, you know, it was, I remember just personally, I got a picture from somebody of a corner in Farakaway that really was like, what is that the water? And th- those houses, I recognize those houses. And it's just, you know, a picture's worth a million words. So. I know it's a thousand, but you know it's really a lot more than that. When you just see one of these pictures, you know exactly what's going on there. You see what they're going through, and you know, and then the aftermath pictures—pictures pictures of people throwing things out, and pictures of the damage—and you know, yeah, it was. And lots of people communicated their what they were going through emotionally as well on Facebook. You know, I always think of Facebook as your own little reality show, mm-hmm. and you just share information about yourself that other people read and comment on. And um, many, many people were just talking about, you know, I guess maybe in some sort of cathartic way about what they were going through and what their children were going through and what the status of their homes, um, you know, all over Facebook, you, you've seen, you know, you would have seen pic- pictures and stories and comments mm-hmm. about what people were going through during Hurricane Sandy. Um, all things Mayim Bialik. Do you remember her? Blossom. Blossom. Yeah. So readers enjoyed Maya Bialik's blog on the Jewish parenting website, Kveller. Mm-hmm. And um, she she is very is, is she's very out there now, Maya mm-hmm. Bialik. She talks about being a Jewish parent, and um, that was apparently a big is social media a, moment. Uh, is she a Balachuva? Is that correct? Did I read that somewhere? I believe I read that somewhere. That's very interesting. Courting the Jewish vote. Presidential candidates Barack Obama and Mitt Romney, who we spoke about earlier, each used social media to try to sway Jewish voters in 2012. And um, both party conventions, do you recall, featured prominent rabbis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a very big Jewish social media moment, according to NJOP of 2012. Um, uh, maybe they're not mentioning it, but there was a very big moment uh, before the Democratic convention when they were coming up with their platform when they left out Jerusalem uh, and their platform for the first time, and that became a very big deal until they put it back in. Um, It maybe would have given Romney a remote possibility of winning close to a majority of the Jewish vote, which he didn't. And, um, you know, that's just pretty traditional that that, that the Democrats are going to get the Jewish vote. You see that in all the uh, strong, you know, Jewish, they call them blue states, right? So... But that was a big story that they took it out and it was noticed and they took God out. So they put him back in, but that was a story. Stan 4 makes their debut. <laughs> Apparently this was a big Jewish social 
social media moment, and it actually it was a, it was a pretty big moment. Yeshiva University Maccabees grads created a breakaway acapella group called Stand Four, and they garnered a quarter million views of their debut video during Hanukkah. It's a pretty big number. Yeah, and um, I'm interested to see how Stand Four fares moving forward. I'd love to see some more music from them. I know that the, my kids and I love their music, and uh, now I guess they're still they're still a Maccabees, right? Of course, so yes. There's the Maccabees, and there's a Stand Four, which is former Maccabees members, and the uh, four. That's the number four, former Maccabee members, and then there's some other YU actual students that still have their acapella groups. And they're all coming out with music. So, hey, the more the merrier. And uh, the last of the top 10 Jewish social media moments of 2012, according to NJOP, is, of course, the support for Sandy Hook. And, um, you know, we talk about starting a new calendar year. The students of Sandy Hook Elementary School went back to school. Uh, tomorrow. To Today. Yeah, today. Uh, today they went back to school, right? Yeah. Today. And um, that was a big moment for them. And in the social media community, the nation joined together in mourning for the children and adults who were killed at Sandy Hook Elementary School. And um, outpourings of support for the Newtown community were posted ac- all acro- across all social networks. Across everything. Um. The youngest victim was six-year-old Jewish kindergartner Noah Posner. Right. The Posner family's rabbi recited the Kalmale at a vigil attended by President Obama and family members of the victims. Sad story. Sad story of 2012. But a big, Saddest. And uh, presented very big on social media. Yep. We, uh, we're talking about the year 2012 as we move into a new calendar year. And uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to tell you 10 easy things you can do at the start of the new calendar year, 2013. You're listening to something to talk about right here on the Nahum Siegel Network.
You can ride the stars or sail the seven seas. You can cure the heart or raise a family. But no matter what or where or who you are, you have the power, the power to be. You can teach a child that love is evermore, and when you see them smile, your soul begins to soar. But no matter if, because of how you are, you have the power, the power to be, the power to be all you've ever dreamed of. The power to be brave enough to see. The power to be beyond your own horizons. You have the power, the power to be. You can fight the fight and conquer new frontiers. You can learn to sing and bring the world to tears. But no matter how.
The Power to Be a Beautiful Selection by David Ross here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Randy Wartelski, and you are listening to Something to Talk About. We are talking about the new calendar year and um, and looking back at the old calendar year, 2012, and looking ahead at 2013. Karen Greenstreet is a self-employment expert and small business coach. She shares tips, techniques, and strategies with self-employed people to boost clarity and focus, create sustainable motivation, and increase sales and profits. You can visit her website at passionforbusiness.com. Karen Greenstreet wrote an article called 10 Easy Things You Can Do to Start the New Year. Right. And that is where we begin now. So, Ari, 10 easy things you can do to start the new year right. We're talking, of course, about the new calendar year and whether or not you are acknowledging the newness of the year. You know, you got to write a new number on your checkbook when you write a check. So um, it is an opportunity to regroup, refocus, renew. And um, these are 10 easy things that she says you can do to start the new year right. Are you ready? Starting de- starting from number 10. Easy? It says they're easy? It says they're easy. Okay. You're up for it if, if it's easy. We'll see. So number 10, take her clean sweep program self-test. So if you go to her website, it's uh, apparently just a click away. Mm-hmm. And she says here, you have more natural energy when you are clear with your environment, health, and emotional balance, money, and relationships. The Clean Sweep program consists of 100 items you which... You said easy. Yeah. Well, it's just a click. It's uh-huh. just a, a oh, little self-test. the self clicking test. is easy. Okay. The test is easy, maybe. Okay. So it gives you 100 items which, when completed, give you the vitality and strength you want. <laughs> okay. So the test is easy. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure about completing all the 100 items. Let's go to two. On the test. Well, that was 10. Going to number nine. Ah. This one isn't so bad. I actually had this done earlier this week. Find out your blood pressure. Find out what your blood pressure is. Okay. And um, she notes here. How do I do that? Many shopping centers have blood pressure machines you can use for free. Okay. But I actually just went to the dentist the other day. That was part of my yearly annual thing that I like to do. Go to the dentist, as everybody should. Um, And they took my blood pressure. Why? So I've had my blood pressure taken. Why would they well, take your you blood know, pressure they have to the know dentist? If they, they're giving you injections, you know, they got to know these things. Okay, then. Okay, number eight doesn't apply to everybody because there are people out there who don't watch television. But number eight says take a television break. And most of us who watch television do that every, every Shabbos anyway. We take a doesn't television count. break. Doesn't count. But um, she suggests that one night a week you choose to have a no television night where you... Oh, gosh. Read a book, mm-hmm. work on a craft project, play a game, write a story, take a walk, involve your family and friends to come up with creative and fun things you can do on your no television night. What do you think about that? It's a great idea. Something you'd like to see instituted? Uh, yes. Why not? It's Something you think you can bring the children in on? They don't watch TV during the week, so that's, that's easy. They don't really watch TV during the week. I love number seven because... Um, I always feel so refreshed when I do things like this. Number seven is buy a new pillow, a new sleeping pillow. Okay. Too many of us have old pillows on our beds that don't support our necks properly as we sleep. Check. I could do that. Seven, I'll do. For under $25, you can find a huge selection of pillows at most department stores, and you can keep your old pillow to add firmness and support when you're reading in bed. Mm, okay. I, I know somebody who bought a pillow for like $65. Mm-hmm. And she swears by this pillow. 
Mm-hmm. She she hasn't hasn't slept this good in years. <laughs> okay. And it's all because of the pillow. So you can do that. Seven. Check. 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 That's an easy one. Buy a pillow. Good. Um. Yeah, and I think doing things like that just do make you feel fresh and renewed. Like I recently got rid of a lot of old hangers, and um, they say that if you buy uh, a big a big uh, collection of the same hanger and put it in your coat closet so that all the hangers look the same, then you feel organized, you feel refreshed, you feel renewed. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No comment on that. I think that makes sense, but I'll I'll, I'll buy a pillow. <laughs> You'll buy a pillow. Buy a pillow and use it often. That's, often, that's as often. Yes. Number six, spend time with your best friend. A one-hour lunch, a movie, a walk in the park. It doesn't matter what a you radio do together. Interview. A radio interview. Oh, as long as you spend time with each other. Not only will you get a sense of companionship, you'll be going a long way towards stress relief. And if you don't have friends who are available, get yourself to classes or events around topics that you know that that interest you okay i think that's pretty cool that's pretty good uh number five the 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 an easy thing that you can do to start the new year right find out how much money you need to retire and we said this earlier january is a good time to look at your financial plans um you got a couple of months till only two months till we fall off the cliff again (laughs) is that so yeah and um you know, it's a good time to look into your into your finances and talk to your financial advisor and see if there are any changes that uh, that need to be made. Um, you'll find many retirement calculators at online financial websites like Quicken or Fidelity.com. They're easy to use, yep. and they can ki- quickly give you a financial goal. If you um, if you don't have that kind of access to the internet, you can ask your financial broker or your bank for a paper version of a retirement calculator. That is according to Karen Greenstreet. She's giving you lots of... Uh, and then buy a time machine. Uh, there you go. Okay. Um, you're going to love number four. I will. Let's hear. Buy a plant. You know, I think you're joking when you say that, but... I'm, I'm really not. Little do people know that my, our daughter had a plant that she got at a birthday party, which probably most kids threw out two days later when it died, but we nurtured it. I shouldn't even say we because you didn't nurture it at all. I nurtured it. And it lived for probably, what, two and a half years until it's, I think, Pesach of this past year. We were in here for a stretch of time, and it, it took a turn for the worse. And a few weeks ago, it, yeah, it's no more. It's no more. It's no more. Well, um, not just the emotional connection that people might have to taking care of a plant, but more than that, um, you will be creating better air quality for your home or, or office. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. And, um, no. but nurturing, no, one plant is not going to change the air quality in your office. That's, that's what she said. That's according to this article. Nice. But, uh, yes, nurturing a plant can help you emotionally. And, uh, going back to my hanger conversation while you're at it, you buy a nice pot to plant it in and place your new plant somewhere where it will give you joy. Mm-hmm. Number three, tell one person each week that you love them. It's too easy to forget to tell people that we care about them. Could be the same person or a different person? Uh, whoever you want. Okay. Um, this year, make it a special promise to yourself that you'll tell at least one person each week that you care about them and you're grateful to have them in your life. That's a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Number two, take a look at your physical environment. So I love this because you know I love to organize. Are there papers and receipts you need to file or throw away? 
Just take 10 minutes a day for the next five days to work on straightening up your paperwork. You'll be amazed at what you can accomplish in such a short time. 10 minutes a day for the next five days just to organize your mail, organize your receipts. Great idea. Um, I, I do think that that's a great idea. Something that you can do to start the new year off fresh. And the number one easy thing you can do to start the new year right is, drum roll, where's that drum roll? Add a little spirituality to your daily life. Create a new tradition for celebrating birthdays or anniversaries. And um, put a little bit more into your davening every day. Keep a daily journal. Be on the lookout for the beauty of nature. Stop to appreciate it wherever you find it. This is all the first one? This is all part of yeah. bringing a little spirituality into your daily life. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us just go through the routines. But uh, if you actually stop to think about the spirituality and bring in a spiritual aspect to your life every day, it really uh, really is a good way to start your day. And it's a good way to, to a great way to start the new year. You can uh, view this article and read more about uh, things that you can do to start the new year right at passionforbusiness.com. And that article was written by Karen Greenstreet, a self-employment expert and small business coach. Ari, how about some quotes about new year? Go for it. Let's see what you got. Uh, we've done this before. You know, quotable quotes. Quotable quotes. Quotes that are quotable. Start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and sudden- suddenly you are doing the impossible. Okay. So you're starting, you're starting by doing what's, I'll read it again. Start mm-hmm. by doing what's necessary, it. then do what's possible. And suddenly you are doing the impossible. Start small. Baby steps. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. So maybe now is a good time to create that big goal for yourself. And then try to figure out the steps, how to get there. Okay. Mark Twain wrote, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret to getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one. That's the least quotable quote. <laughs> it's not. It's not so quotable, but it's it's uh, it's it's great. Uh huh. Break up the big job into lots of little small jobs. Good advice. And only concentrate on doing one little small job at a time. Good advice. You like that one? That's good advice. Can you think of a of something big that you'd like to conquer, and you just got to break it up into small. Like a task into small little tasks. Um, like I recently painted a dresser. Yes, you did. I did. It was just something that I wanted to do. And you did. Um, well, I had a little bit of free time. And um, getting started was pretty overwhelming. But once I figured out what I need, the items that I needed to purchase in order to get the project completed, and then actually physically broke it down into smaller pieces... It became a much more manageable task. And um, I think you have some future painting projects in your future. Oh, do I? Well, now that you did the first one, you know, the first is always the hardest. Well, let's see how long the first one lasts. Oh, what do you mean? It's beautiful. Yeah, I think you do. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Bruce Springsteen, you know him, good singer. He said, Jersey boy. A time comes when you need to stop waiting for the person you want to become and start being the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. When does that happen? Uh, Any day now. No, that should happen sooner than later for most people. Uh, Yeah, you should not be looking at other people and trying to be what they are or what you envision you are going to be and just be who you are. Go. Yeah, be the person you want to be, not not just be who you are. Yeah, be who you want to be. Be the person that you want to be. 
Well, Ari, thank you so much for joining us here today to schmooze with me about uh, starting of 2013. And if anybody has any comments, you can email me at randy at nachamsegel.com, R-A-N-D-I at nachamsegel.com. You've been listening to something to talk about right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, and we hope that today we've given you something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Something to talk about.